Hey everyone, welcome to the Sunkai. This is the fourth official episode. I hope you enjoy it. It's improv, so it's got a mix and a ramble bit of topics that kind of kind of make sense in the end. They kind of interlink together. There is definitely some sort of connection if you want to make it. But um, yes, it has to do with transition of the cycles between the ages of Pisces to Aquarius. It has to do with our, a little bit about our true nature, you know, beyond the veil of the ego, which is kind of like the persona. Um, has to do with exploring flaws and the definition of flaws slash perf perfection. You know, how we can navigate those, how we can navigate transition, how we can, in a sense, you know, what our aims are, intentions are, and how we wish to live our lives in the direction we wish to go. So, enjoy, please, and sending you my best wishes. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome back. And yeah, it's been a really long time since I last recorded a podcast. I have now finished school. High school, that is. Um, and when something's so huge and apart and fundamental in someone's life kind of ends, unless you have an idea of what you really want to do, um, the whole field of possibilities are open to you. I mean, even if you do know what you want to do, you still have the you still have access to that field of unlimited potential within reason. Um, so, yeah, the question for me, or one of the questions at least, is, you know, how do we spend this time? How do we plan forward? Is it to head in a field that so many people have already gone into, um, with variations, or, you know, even if we don't feel drawn to doing it, is it just out of security? And I feel like if that is for you, then it's to measure if that sense of security is fundamentally important to you. Now, for me, it's, it's more so about the seeing where my heart calls me, because I know that I don't want to go straight into a higher education just yet, at least in a very formal fashion, because I'm not 100% certain what I want to do or what use it will be, have in my life. And that option is always there as well, throughout the ages. So I guess while I'm younger, I'm wanting to try new things, see things, and that's part of what this podcast is about. It's about connecting with you, um, sharing any insights I might have, and in the process of having an episode, actually learning things in the moment, learning and sharing, um, and growing, you know, along with this podcast as it grows, will be to grow in my own way, grow in knowledge, transformation, um, the death of old aspects, old cycles, realizing that they need to be let go because they no longer serve the being that we embody every time that we go through a transformative cycle. Now, at the moment on Earth, if you haven't realized yet, we're in a pandemic. Um, it's 
interesting. It's different for everyone, the cases, as in how they are dealing with it, their circumstances. For some people, 2020 was a fine year, it was great, had a lot of opportunity, and for others it was devastating, very stressful. Um, a whole board of different experiences. Essentially though, the world is going through tremendous change. It's going through a the ending of one cycle and, in a sense, the transition and beginning of another cycle. Some of the ancients have called it end of the world or, in a sense, it's the fifth age or the age of Aquarius. Because we were in, and this is referencing zodiac signs by the way, but for the last like 25,000 years maybe. Um, I don't know for sure, might want to do some research if you're 100% wanting to know about this, but we were in the age of Pisces, which was a lot more, um, it had something to do with how our, we were under suppression in a sense, or like information was in the dark, a lot of it, so we were kind of living through an elusive, or an illusionary state of being in terms of the collective consciousness. Now we're moving into an age of Aquarius, which is more about um, truthful indiv individual expression, more love, more openness, more of the truth coming to the light, so we can actually deal with the darkness, and what I mean by the darkness is everything that remains hidden, remains unknown, remains unseen. It is not necessarily evil because the darkness offers our most precious gift, and it is the gift that is yet to be uncovered until you face it. And when you face the darkness, it might be as frightening as a dragon. Um, or it might just be extremely frightening and scary. However, when you embrace it, when you see it from the perspective that it exists in such a fearful state, only because you haven't looked at it, then you may be more willing to see it as just another part of yourself that is offering you the chance to grow. Hmm. And so now, in this new age that we are coming to, there's a lot to look forward to. One of those things that I believe is going to become more prevalent, and is becoming more prevalent, is that we are, we are learning more about ourselves. We are learning more about what has been going on in the world for centuries or eons. We're learning more about the human capability, which through the research that I've done and through what I have seen, it is what we are capable of is tremendous in scale to what we have been traditionally taught. The traditional teaching of what a human is capable of or what a human is, at least in my world, from what I've been taught, on a traditional level is that we are these meek and very, very limited beings who are just these flesh and bones and that the the most convenient course of our life is one run by the ways of tradition or recycled ways of life. So in other words, joining the rat race, the nine to five. And also there is nothing wrong with that, but if it isn't for you, if you don't feel called to do it, and if you're not satisfied in doing it, then 
it can be a killer of the soul. If your profession revolves around it, and you find satisfaction and fulfillment, then that is your path, or at least your path for the time that you were doing it and that you were feeling that sense of fulfillment. Because something that a lot of people love, a lot of people love to feel because it feels so natural to us, is to be happy, to be loved, to be um, accepted and fulfilled and satisfied and content and to grow, to expand, because that brings a fulfilling sense to our soul as well, when we come more into our soulful self. And anyway, back on track to the reason that I went through that explanation is that through the research I have done, it has shown me that humans are capable of so much more than what we have been shown on the base level. Now what are humans capable of, you may ask? Well, we have the potential to change our presentation, our identity, our way of being to anything that we wish for it to be. And this is just one of the things that we have, we have the potential for. And the reasoning for that is because when we do some self-discovery, some self-inquiry, when we feel into the present moment, we feel into being, and we just use this now moment to simply be, we have no expectations for anything else, then what we realize over the course of however long, it may take some practice, but what we realize is that we are this field of consciousness that is not defined, it cannot be defined, because it's when it's defined, it's playing out a limited view of what it really is. Because consciousness is unlimited. The reason that consciousness is unlimited, well, I don't know if I can adequately describe this, but it's that consciousness includes every single possibility, every single defined form, because since it is so undefined, it has the potential to take any form. And when we see ourselves from this place, we can redesign who we are in a way that is more aligned to the qualities that we naturally feel are true to us. Or we can use that perspective to kind of weed out the things that aren't, that have just been taken on by us throughout our lives, you know, like the conditioning, pretty much, the social conditioning, the family conditioning, the conditioning that you've just growing up around, you know, whether that's parents arguing when you're little, you know, like, the way that you should wear your hair, how you should dress, what you should be like, whether you're a male or a female, you know, the stereotypes, I suppose. Because when we're brought into this world, there's not much that we know about it, by the way that it's made. So we're susceptible to wanting to know how to live adequately in this world in a way where we can actually function. You know, social rules, social um, conformity, even. Certain things that we should abide to, to create at least enough peace with each other that it doesn't create a social catastrophe such as a civil war, war of some sort. 
So, yeah, through this exploration A of the human potential, another thing that I've come across is that, and this is something that I feel resonates with me, so take it or leave it, it's up to you. But it's very interesting, I found at least. It's worth a hear out. And that's that. Humanity, eons ago, was seeded on this planet by other races of beings and the genetics of these beings were altered, added to and culminated from so many beings around the universe, around this, around our galaxy, around multiple galaxies to create a being that would represent the universe at its core and so essentially like This experiment, this Earth experiment, is to see what this race of beings that has the genetics of, which represent the whole universe, which direction they will choose, whether it's the light of love and of truth, or if it's the darkness of separation and of control and manipulation, to name a few. So far we're headed towards the light whether it seems like that or not, because at the moment we're kind of disintegrating the old way of, um, the old system. It's going through a disintegrative process, which is what this COVID has been about, what all these, um, this change in our way of life. And, you know, you can look at this from different angles as well. There's, if you want to go into conspiracy theories, which are not great to get caught up in, because you may polarize yourself to be against something or for something which will only allow you to see from the perspective that you're polarized to but it's definitely worth checking out if you want to learn more about this stuff and keeping an open mind but not clinging to any sort of belief um, and so how we can also look at this is that In this transition period that humanity is going through from one system to another, there's the potential for any system to come out the other side. I mean, who knows how we're going to end up living in another 50 years. That's really dependent on us, on our actions now, on what we choose to do, and how it is that we choose to live our everyday lives, how we choose to treat ourselves, how we choose to treat others. All these choices that we make every day, internal and external, surmount to the kind of life that we live. At least the kind of life that surrounds us. There are, there are definitely forces outside of our control, such as the choices that other people choose to make. The scenarios that occur without your input. By the thing that you can't control that you can manage, that you can develop, that you can grow, that you can disintegrate, that you can alter, is how you react, how you receive information, how you receive experiences. And that comes from knowing, knowing yourself. It comes from knowing that you have the choice to allow anyone to hurt you, you have the choice to allow no one to hurt you. Which isn't really anyone hurting you anyway. If someone says something that 
feels like it triggers you, so to say, or it kind of it uplifts a trauma or a unconscious energy within you that hasn't been dealt with yet or faced, then it is really just that person saying something and raising within you what needs or what wants to be dealt with, what wants to be seen, what wants to be faced, embraced, and dealt and faced with compassion, dealt with compassion. When he deals with something with compassion, when you see it, these aspects of yourself that may rise when someone insults you, when you see that aspect as a part of you that was truly just neglected, but only exists because it believes it is so limited. When you see it with a perspective that you know you aren't limited, when you know you are unlimited, like we were talking about before, how your truer self, your consciousness, which is really you, it's the kind of, it's the unconditioned you, the you that you've been when you were born, when there wasn't all these ingredients added into your melting pot, if you were to look at it like a cake. Your consciousness is that part of you, and it's always unconditioned. When you see it from that pure consciousness perspective of unlimitedness, of love, of fulfillment, of wholeness, of sovereignty, where there is nothing lacking, because in your consciousness nothing can, nothing can be lacking, because again, you're unlimited, limitless, in your potential and in your beingness. And so when you see it from that space of limitlessness, of sovereignty, then you can see that it only exists because it believes it is not who you are. And when you see that you are this being who is not lacking in any way, then you allow yourself to embrace this wounded aspect or wounded emotion that is only existent because of the illusory belief that it is anything but perfect and whole. I want to say perfect, I'm not saying an idealistic perfect, I'm just saying perfect as in it's perfect in its creation. It's complete in its creation, it's whole in its cre creation, it's not lacking anything. You know, it's like it's a watch or something with all its gears in it because it has, it's completely functional in the way that it was designed. And that's perfect. Or at least in the way that I'm using it now. So on the note of perfection, on that controversial topic, if I can give you the perspective as well that perfection in in that we are all perfect, in that we are complete in our use, in our design. It is that these flaws are the things that we may see as flaws, or the flaws in other people that we may see as flaws in other people, or the flaws that we may see in ourselves, are really just unique aspects that make us so lovable. They make us so human, and they they give us this spark of childishness that allows us to just be, to not need to be anything but the beautiful, flawed, perfect 
darkness of what we are. And when you see that truth, which of course can take time, so don't pressure yourself, I mean even in my case it's a process. And it's gradual. And it happens when you notice that you may be talking to yourself negatively, or in ways that limit you. And you switch it around, you say, no, I don't want to treat myself like that anymore. Because I know what I am, I know who I am. At least to an extent, I know that I am deserving of far better than that treatment. And, you know, most of the time that treatment is just social conditioning anyway. It's not actually true to us, to our innate nature. It's something that we've picked up through what people have believed for long periods of time. So when we see now that we are born into this world as this beautiful, unconditioned being of pure light, and that we continue to be this being constantly through every single moment, because we are this being we can never escape from it, but that our perspective and our view is often clouded from this truth that lays just beneath it, just beyond it, if you're willing to look enough and focus enough in the now moment and allow your mind to wander. If you watch these processes, simply watch. Don't partake in any defined form or any distraction internally or externally. Just watch it all. Focus on what is happening around you. Then you come to see that There is nothing that can add to you, there is nothing that can take away from you. That you have everything that you have needed, do need, have ever wanted, you have it within you. You have all these qualities within you, all these aspects. And that oftentimes we search for things outside of ourselves to fill the lack of connection to our souls or our consciousness and when that thing fades or the attraction and allure of it fades we search for something else because the material and the external cannot fill this connection to your internal world the purpose of me saying this can be interpreted in many ways but it is to show you that no matter what you search for externally will never give you the satisfaction that you can only give yourself by looking within. And that's not to pressure you, that's not to put you in a corner and, and shout at you and say, look what you've been doing your whole life. No. That's more or less to show you that you have the potential to give yourself everything you've been searching for. And in saying this as well, you know, I'm not, I'm not a ideal version of these truths. These are just things that I've come across because we're all human. We all have emotions, we all have feelings. We are all navigating our way through this life on earth in a, in a similar social setting. It's going to be different depending on what country you live in and your upbringing. 
but in terms of the negativity that you face and the fact that you face conditioning, that you face limiting beliefs, these things most of us have in common, if not all of us. I can't speak on everyone's behalf, which is why I'm bringing in different ways of saying it. So, a reminder to you is to remember you're human, to remember we are all human, that we all have these things that we see as flaws, but that we should not judge them in ourselves. Because no one is a perfect representation of flawlessness that can judge anyone else. And when you judge someone else with an emotional connection to that judgment, you are simply replicating the judgment for yourself in that aspect of yourself onto another person. Because if someone else has an aspect that you may judge, if you were to deal with that thing inside yourself, then you would not see it as something to judge. You would simply see it as a beautiful flaw, which describes them as human. Which describes them as a being willing and able to have fun, to see life with the eyes of impurity, with perfect impurity. Which means that there is no stencil in the way that you need to live it. There is no capsule that says you must live one way and that you must negate all other possibilities because everyone is flawed, no one has the right to tell you that. No one has the perfect, idolistic, almighty quality that is innate to them, that allows them to say that you can or can't do anything else. Because we are all this unlimited consciousness that is equal to one another, that is connected to one another. And at a very fundamental level, we are connected. That's not, that's not a metaphor. That's not symbolism. It's truth. It's that our consciousness is connected to every single consciousness of everything, of each other, of the plants, of the animals, of the earth, of the planets, of everything that exists and everything that does not exist. Because nothing itself has an intelligence, has a consciousness. And that consciousness is connected to everything that is defined as well. Hmm, okay. <laughs> so, a nice rant. Um, or, so to say, a nice, beautiful spewing of information. On the note of nothingness and definedness, something that I've come across is that since nothing has the potential of everything in it, everything that is defined has come from this nothingness. It has come from this field of infinite possibility. And so when you look around yourself, and you see these trees, the grass, the animals, you see yourself, you see other people. Look at nature. That is the mind, or the creation that has come from nothingness. Like those birds that are chirping that just flew by. They have come from the ideas that nothingness holds. Now how this process takes place I have no fucking clue. 
happens somehow and it's pretty amazing that it does. It's... It's truly beautiful. It's truly something to be appreciated. And to appreciate ourselves that we come from this this place of eternal possibility and that we are intrinsically connected to it. Because we can never be separated from our own creator. We, the creation can never be separate from the creator if it exists within the creator's mind. That's something to wrap your head around, I guess. It's just that. And the one of the first laws in the Hermetic Kabbalion, the Hermetic Principles, is that all is mind. This is getting a bit more philosophical, I suppose. But apply it in whatever way you wish. I, I guess this is just that. This law reinforces what I am trying to describe to you. And if everything is mind, then we may say that, uh, and what I mean by mind is a mental energy. When we create without using anything, we create in the mind. It doesn't use any resources. It may take some energy to run it, but that energy, I suppose, isn't necessarily outside of the mind. It's a part of it. It's mental energy itself. And so, what some would say and what some would argue is that the creative force, you may call it God, you may call it source, spirit, the force in Star Wars. <laughs> um, yes. So this creative force is, in a sense, a mental energy that holds within it every single infinite possibility of creation. And that it infinitely is creating it when it exists in any defined form, in any defined state. And it, until it stops creating it within its mind, then it will continue to exist. If it, stops to if it stops creating with its mind, then it will simply vanish. Or at least theoretically it would. So. Thank you everyone for listening in. It's been a pleasure to record back on for, for like, it's been months. Pretty sure the last one I recorded was in August maybe. You can, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at thesunquire at gmail.com you can message me on Instagram at thesunquire or you can go to YouTube if you're listening to this on Spotify you can go to YouTube and look at Sunny Marnie or in the future I may change it to the Sunquire but at the moment it's just Sunny Marnie and it has the same profile picture as this podcast now if you're listening on YouTube you can go to Spotify if you wish to and that is just the song choir, and it has the same profile picture, yada yada yada. So thank you for listening in. It's a blessing that you're here to listen in with me. I believe I will be recording more as well because in every time I record and put myself out there, it's a process of growth for me as well. It's, in a way, it's breaking a wall of limitation that I'm faced with. It's kind of just taking that extra step and when you take that extra step you can see over the wall see further and more and go and take the next step so anyway thank you 
very much. Have a blessed day. And don't forget that. We're truly limitless in your potential, in your ability, and in the way that you choose to live your life. So take care of yourself, and I will see you on the next Songwire.